0: Welcome to Three Identical Strangers, the science behind the story. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. In this podcast, we explore the scientific, social, and historical themes that emerge from the award-winning CNN film, Three Identical Strangers. Today's episode is really special. I want to be joined by director Tim Wardle and producer Becky Reed, who will take us inside the filmmaking process of Three Identical Strangers. Now, quickly, spoiler alert for everyone, we are going to be discussing the film. So if you haven't seen it yet and don't want it ruined, you've been warned. Tim and Becky, uh, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you. Thank you, for, uh, Sanjay. You. It's,
0: a, it's an amazing film, and um, c- congratulations. It's, it's really terrific. What, what I loved about it was that it got into so many subjects, uh, many of which we've dived into in this podcast, but nature, nurture, bioethics, the special relationship that multiple share. And so, so much more than that. If you had to distill it down, Tim, to just a couple of sentences, h- how do you describe it?
1: I see this film as a as a family drama about these these three brothers separated at birth and reunited at the age of nineteen that um, allows you to explore these much bigger themes of, of nature versus nurture, free will, destiny, family. Um, It's kind of all of those things. And I I, I always wanted to keep it open, you know, to to encompass as much thematic material as possible rather than try and narrow it down. So I see it as uh, about all those things and more.
0: You said, I think, somewhere that uh, when you heard the story, it was the single best documentary story idea you had come across. What was it when when you heard the, uh, the original story? What really struck you?
1: I, I think that the fact that the story works on a, on a on a kind of instant human level, it's a great human interest story. It's quite tabloid even, um, but that it allows you to explore these much bigger themes and that it, it has layers, you know, and that's what you're looking um, for as a, as a director, I think, something with, with depth that isn't just surface. And, you know, there are a lot of great stories out there that are just that, they're just great stories, but they don't kind of go anywhere or allow you right. to explore anything beyond the surface. So... This 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 has those levels, and um, that that makes it a standout in in, in documentary world for me.
0: I want to I want to bring you in a second, Becky, and, and ask you about the how complicated this was. But I just have to ask you, Tim, because I really um, I was struck by sort of midpoint through the movie. It, 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 there was such a shift, right? We suddenly see some of we reveal some of what was really going on here in terms of the fact that they were actually separated, these these brothers. There's almost, it goes from being really inspiring, a, a reunification story to uh, something darker. Um, did, did you sort of plan that? Was Did that just become apparent as you were making the film? How did you navigate that?
1: I, I think I always knew that there was going to be quite a tonal shift in the film. Um, you know, as you say, it starts off very joyous, um, this family reunion and takes a dark turn into more of a kind of, Almost like an identity thriller, or, or something like that, and that was that was conscious. I mean, the one the one big decision I made at the start of making the film was to to see everything from the brothers' perspective. So most of the information in the film is revealed to the audience at the same time it was revealed to the brothers. So we're really in their, their shoes. So the idea is that when these twists and turns and additional information are kind of brought in, we're seeing them pretty much at the same time the brothers were experiencing them. So we're, we're kind of hopefully empathizing with them even more
0: yeah it was it was just really well done again as a viewer you know that sort of past tense present tense and then that interweaving of those tenses and that that time period i thought was really just really well done Uh, becky i mean how much did you know about this story in terms of where it was going to go when you started
2: I'd say we knew about two-thirds of this. I mean, the brother's story um, was sort of documented by Larry Wright in some form in his piece. And, um, you know, we certainly did a huge amount of research into their story early on. But in regards to the study and, and getting access to that, we that was a huge unknown for us. You know, we had many conversations at the beginning about even whether to, you know, whether we would get access and how long that would take. Um, We didn't know, I guess, sort of some of the ins and outs of the brothers, the family story, I guess, and the kind of the sensitivities around some of the restaurants and the boys' relationship and Eddie and his family. Um, So, yeah, two-thirds of it, really. And we sort of were very kind of careful about scripting almost, you know, exactly what we wanted to go out and shoot. We had to be, you know, budget-wise, you're limited in in how much you can film. Um, But then also, you know, you come back from any interview shoot with a huge amount more material than you ever imagined. So things come out in interviews that you had no idea about as people sit down in the storytelling process and go back to that time and remember things that they hadn't remembered during the research. So,
0: Was there a sense of outrage for you?
2: Yeah, I think, I think the sense of injustice really that this had happened to the boys and that people had refused to talk about it and tried to cover it up and I, I think as a producer that you know, the emotional kind of um, drive of of that really helped and certainly sort of helps you when you're sitting in the office late at night, you know, making phone calls and hitting dead ends and (laughs) sitting in archives and trying to unearth information. So definitely that sense of injustice that somebody had orchestrated this and made decisions about these families, um, you know, and and then lied to them during the research that was done.
0: Yeah, it really came across. I, I, I. You know, I think family dynamics, doing films that involve significant family dynamics are always, can always be complicated. Um, sometimes you don't know what you're getting yourself into. But with something like this, the, the, there was obviously incredibly complicated relationships between the brothers, between the families. How did you get them to be able to open up in this way?
2: It's a very long, slow process and, you know, that was a work in progress for the whole making of the film. Um, I mean, Tim had met them many years before and, and that, I think, had, had also helped.
1: Sanjay, I would say, you know, I mean, it, it was probably, it was about four years in development in total and most of that time was spent trying to earn the trust of the brothers and, and their families. Um, and, and that continued through, through into the year of production as well. So it was a really long-term um, kind of trust-building exercise. And, um, I mean, I think the other thing to add is that although there was information about this story that was out there, no one had really ever committed the brothers' story to to film or to, I mean, there right. wasn't a book of their story either. So there was a really long process of kind of piecing together this narrative, the brothers' story, um, from sources that weren't online, you know, or, or this exists in a pre-internet kind of era. So we were really... You know, this is three families. The story stretches over 60 years. Hmm. Um, You know, there are all these people, these scientists who won't talk to us. And so it was quite meticulous. And, you know, Becky was doing quite kind of almost like old school investigative journalism, knocking on people's doors, spending a lot of time in archives in New York. We really did have to piece it together. And you, and
0: you get the sense as you're watching the film that, that things are, you know, being learned and unspooled even as the film goes on. Uh, what the boys, the brothers, have been able to track down about themselves and the study that they unwittingly participated in, uh, there was things learned along the way. Can, can you share some of what they've learned through this whole process?
1: we had no idea that Becky was going to find the the the, the assistant to, to Peter Newbauer, the main scientist um, Natasha tracked her down she, I don't think she'd ever spoken on camera before and gave us real insight into the mindset and what was going on back then and then you know the, 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 also I think our discovery that um, it was it was probably primarily focused on on parenting the study mm-hmm. um, I think that was that was quite a a big, a big revelation, and then, and then all the stuff that's come out since, with with Becky getting the brothers access to, to their, to their study notes, you know, which is kind of eleven thousand pages, and the videos which have never been seen before in in you know fifty eight years or however long.
0: Yeah, you weren't scripting a drama here; you were making a, a documentary. I, I think it, it's a, such an important point. You know, one of one of the um, scenes that really got to me, and and I, I just wonder how it affected you when this researcher is is then sub, somewhat uh, you know sort of discloses that he in fact had been going to the the various brothers homes and not disclosing to the to the families to the brother that he'd just seen you know one of his one of his triplets and they were living not that far apart and this researcher was actually going home to home doing these invest- doing the study but not disclosing that point that that was that was it was almost haunting to me. It gave me a pit in my stomach when I when I watched that rewound and watched it again. Just to watch his facial expressions, how he represented, how he portrayed it. Did it make a difference to him? Did it impact him in some way? What did what did you think of that scene?
1: I mean, my take on it is that that well, look. First off, the, the important thing to say is that the two. Scientists or people associated with the study who spoke to us, Natasha and Lawrence Perlman, who's the man you're referring to, they are very peripheral to the experiment. I mean, Lawrence only worked on it for about nine or ten months, and Natasha didn't work on it. She was just present while it was going on, and so sort of would hear things in the office. And so, you know, on one hand, on one level, I'm really grateful to them because without them kind of stepping forward and talking about, this this experiment, which has been shrouded in secrecy for years and years, we really wouldn't have um, half the information we we have now about it. So, um, you know, I'm I'm very grateful to them in terms of how he came across. Um, I I think there is a there is a sort of awkwardness um, with a lot of the people because they know that this is a a bit of an embarrassing. Um, experiment and it's, it's something that there's a lot of shame um, associated with it and so I think people are quite awkward talking about it
2: Yeah I mean he was, um, he was an interesting man I mean he, it, it's worth mentioning that he had been trying to get access with another twin researcher who's, who's a sort of twin academic he, he had previously requested access to the study and I think is fascinated by it from a kind of you know just from a, a, a academic perspective that he feels it has some value to the scientific community and, and really is interested in in what the results might be of of this. So he sort of has a very kind of, I guess, clinical Mm -hmm. view of this, as did many of the other researchers and people who were involved in it. You know, I spoke to people who worked at the adoption agency. who said that the psychiatrist there was also very clinical and kind of quite cold in some ways. Um, So I think he does express some... You know, he just sort of says, is he morally compromised by it? And he he feels he, he agreed on camera that he, he felt he was in mm-hmm. some way. Um, but as I said, I think they felt it really had some value to the scientific community and, and can really only see it in those terms.
0: I think that, you know, th- this particular point, I think, is, um, you know, as I've talked to my friends, especially in the neuroscience world, it came up again and again, not necessarily about about him or that that particular scene, but just—is there a point where ends ever justify the means when it comes to clinical study? I mean, if 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 it is morally compromised, um, as you say, Becky, in any way, does it make it morally compromised in every way? Can you can you is, does this study have value? Do you think? And that's and just your opinion, but what do you think, Becky?
2: I certainly think that David, um, one of the brothers, felt that they should have access to it to find out for their own families mm-hmm. what, what this might reveal about their backgrounds and their genetics and whether that has a benefit to them personally whether it should be released to the wider community uh, I mean I've read a lot of this and it, it contains a lot of very personal information about their families and I don't think Necessarily, that it—I it, don't think I would want that for my for my own family, you know. Having read it, but um, as I said, I think David and you know, St. certainly certainly, Robert has a different feeling about that. Um, whether you should use research that has been gained in an unethical way is a you know is a bigger question. And, <laughs> for everybody.
1: The, the historical context is important. You know, I think um, that period in the 50s and 60s, kind of like the, the Wild West of psychology. And, I, you know, I studied psychology at university. And, you know, the, there are these experiments like Milgram's obedience experiment and later in 71 Stanford prison experiment, which by today's standards would be considered completely unethical. So I do think that we have to cut the researchers some slack um, you know because of the historical context on the other hand we know that they approached other adoption agencies for children to take part in this study and were told no this is completely unethical you can't can't split identical siblings up and this is you know right at the start of it so i don't know I, I, i sort of i change my mind about this all the time
2: it's easy for us to say that as sort of filmmakers from the outside you know but obviously I think Robert and David and their family's experience is is really very clear in that they feel this was Um, you know damaging and unethical and uh, you know really very misinformed and that the the lies that then went on after it to cover it up make it even worse you know Tim and I have a a different perspective you know it didn't happen to us how we would feel if it was us is, is potentially very different.
0: Yeah, no no, no question. I, I can't imagine, you know, you, it's very hard to put yourself in that position, even to imagine it. But, it, you, you know, the, the, the remarkable part of the, the film, as you as you point at the beginning of the film, these these brothers find each other by chance. I mean, it, it does seem miraculous in a way. But now I hear there have been other sets of twins, also secretly separated at birth by Louise Wise, who have now been found as a result of seeing your film. Um, that's 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 pretty extraordinary. Did Tim did you did you uh, anticipate or think about that happening?
1: I mean, we we always knew that there were other twins out there. We don't we still don't know exactly how many or you know the, the, where they are. Um, and it it was pretty extraordinary. You know, a few months after the film was released, we got contact by this contacted by this lady saying. I've just seen your film and, and, and I've taken the DNA test knowing that I was adopted at the same by the same agency around the same time. And this DNA test has matched me with someone in Calabasas in California. This, this the, the lady who called us was from um, New Jersey. And um, I've just looked her up on Facebook and we look we look identical. And so, yeah, I filmed the meeting for the first time. At the age of 54, these twins had been separated by the agency, and it was it was pretty extraordinary.
2: And, and it's worth mentioning that the Jewish Board of Family and Children's Services um, did say that they didn't feel it was upon them to reach out to people nice. and tell them about this and that but, but they would welcome any inquiries from anybody who did feel they might be have been a part of this study um, you know and that's a whole other question whether they are they duty-bound to, to to inform these people there have been multiple opportunities where this story has kind of nearly surfaced or partly surfaced over decades and decades where there would have been opportunities for them to do that
0: yeah. I, I, um, I like, like you sort of uh, alluded to, everyone probably has an opinion on this. Who am I to say? I haven't been through this. But um, it really does make you think. We had a lot of conversations within family and friends about that particular issue. In, in our last couple of minutes, let me ask you a very quick question, one that should be a short answer. <laughs> Free will. Tim, you brought this up. Do we have it? Do we not?
1: I mean, it depends how you define free will, I think, Sanjay. I mean, I think that, um, I think what I would say is that I was very shocked um, the time I spent with Natasha, the the psychologist in the film, um, just how persuasive she was um, in arguing that you know, free will as uh, you know, free will as we see it is is a bit of a a fallacy and and that we are much more susceptible to our biological genetic impulses than, than we maybe believe. And that it's really uh, disquieting for people. People don't, don't like to hear that they they don't have control over their own lives.
0: Yep. Yep. Becky, do you? You, you is that your?
2: Oh gosh, Good question. I mean, also, I don't know, I mean, I had arguments with, with people I was close to working on this, you know, that who, who didn't believe in free will and, you know, we would say there's no third thing, there's genes in the environment and that's it, you know, and that's a very uncomfortable position for lots of people, as Tim says, to to occupy, you know, that we don't have a say in the decisions we make and that they are... Those decisions are formed purely by, you know, our genes and where we, how, we, how and where we've grown up.
0: I feel like as filmmakers, you you are free will sort of examples, you know, I think for society. You know, I, th- I think we're better than ever at understanding the blueprint of who we are. We're better than ever ever at understanding our behavior and even predicting our behavior to a very, very granular detail. I mean, I think that's the essence of artificial intelligence. But still, and I say this, I think, as a as a humble neurosurgeon who's held the brain, that I feel like somewhere in all those crevasses and peaks and valleys are mysteries, real mysteries. And those mysteries hold our dreams and our hopes and, and dare I say, our free will. I think a life that has not been written, a life that has not been encoded in some way is a real thing, a very real thing. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm just the eternal optimist, but uh, I guess that's how I sort of look at it. Um, but again,
1: I, okay. of... so, certainly that's what, you know, Lawrence Wright in the film says, you know, we're bedriffed in the direction that our genes um, push us, but we aren't predestined to become, a you know, a priest or a criminal or, right. or, or whatever. Um, and that's his belief.
0: Um, congratulations again. What what a wonderful film and and a beautiful film and then just so much conversation wonderful conversation afterward. Um, thank you for being with us.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Um, thanks for joining us on this incredible journey behind the scenes of CNN's award-winning film, Three Identical Strangers.